You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Today is another on-air coaching episode, and I'm so excited to be talking with Cynthia Brown. She is a coach who is the founder of New Lane Coaching, and one of her main concerns is women business owners selling themselves short, right? We all tend to do this. So Cynthia wants women to know their businesses can become more than they originally dreamed. All it takes is one small step each day. Cynthia works with women small business owners who want to expand and grow their businesses, and she works as a performance coach. Cynthia is also part of Toastmasters International. She is developing her speaking skills to become a speaker for women business owner associations. And she is a certified coach and member of the International Coach Federation. Cynthia, I am so excited to be talking with you today. I am so delighted to be here. (laughs) Great. You know, I thought we might start off by doing what all coaches do, right, is to set an agenda and, and an intention for our call. So what is it that you would love to come away with from this session today? Well, I would absolutely love to walk away today with knowing my exact target audience and being able to speak to them directly. All right, good. Well, that's a perfect bite-sized agenda. And so we're going to definitely work on that together and collaborate to bring you that result. I'd love to start off our conversation by asking about how you found me. Well, I have found you from a friend of mine who is a coach, Audra. She is such a wonderful lady, and she was telling me about the progress she was making with you, working with you, and it just was inspiration. Oh, fun. I love working with Audra. She's fantastic. And so how, do you, how did you guys know each other? Well, we were in the same coach training class. And um, so you're, you've graduated and you're certified now? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Well, before we talked today, before this conversation, I sent you some things. And one of the things I asked you to do is to write your personal story for me so that I could read that. And I was honored to read it. And I found it very poignant. I also asked you to do a few exercises. And the purpose was to uncover your skills, your talents, your interests, the kinds of conversations you love to have with your clients and potential audiences that you might narrow to. So I want to I want to know how was it for you writing your story and doing those exercises? Well, it was absolutely wonderful. It it brought things into perspective for me. It helped streamline who I wanted to focus on because I realized I'm going through the same struggles starting a small business. And it helped me to discover that I want to talk to other people who are starting in the same position, who are working through this and work with them and help them not feel so overwhelmed as well as myself. And your materials help me 
start discovering this. It was awesome. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. That's always, you made my day. I'm so glad that worked for you. Well, just spell out for us, what became crystal clear for you? Well, as I was doing this, it started becoming clear to me that when you're starting a business, it's easy to start feeling overwhelmed and trying to fit things together, you know, and I thought, okay, well, this is where I struggle. And then I realized I enjoy working with other ladies who struggle in this same area as they're trying to grow themselves and to grow their businesses. So at that moment of where it pulled it, the worksheet pulls and you say, okay, well, let's look at your skills. Let's look at the jobs you've had. Let's look at your interest. It started pulling it all together of who I needed, who I felt like I needed to work with. But, you know, you still have that moment of uncertainty of, am I sure this is the right step? Because I set up to go as a career coach and that's so general. So this is where I'm at right now. (laughs) Right. Okay, good. Well, I say good because I know that you are experiencing something that a lot of coaches and I experienced when they launched their business. So you're in the right place. No worries. You said you thought about starting out as a career coach. And you probably know I call that a, a track. It's not quite a niche. It gives you some some indication of of the area that you might want to help people in. Do you still want to help people in the area of career? Yes, I do some. Um, I get very passionate when I think about high school students, especially the ones who are not quite sure where to go. They're not really going to be college bound. They don't feel confident in areas like that. I am finding that I'm wanting to help them, but I realize that odds are very few of them are going to be interested in talking to me. They're just ready to get out of high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that may be true. Um, so let me check in with you because it sounds like there are two target audiences that are mm-hmm. a potential for you right now that are on your mind. And one of them is women small business owners right? Yes. Okay. And then the other is high school students. And you've got some roadblocks, if you will, coming up in your mind about the high school students. But when I asked you about whether career was something that you wanted to work on, you automatically started talking about the high school students. So I just want to check in. If you could work with high school students, Is that more of a turn on for you than working with women small business owners? I can't really say yes or no. I I I don't know. Um, That is somewhere where I am struggling. Um, I do have a meeting coming up to where I'm going to be meeting with one of the high school counselors and speaking to her about presenting to the students. So I'm hoping I'll get a feel for it when this takes place. Yeah, that's great. When you got that request, what went on in your mind? Sheer excitement. Okay. 
When you said sheer excitement, I got this tingle up and down my spine, actually, because it felt like that's where the energy is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Yes, it it really is. It's... um... (sighs) I have thought about this for years. My youngest son is like um, 30 years old this year. And when he was in high school, he was aiming for college, but he was so back and forth and he was struggling which way to go and how to do it and everything like that. And I said, have you talked to your counselor? He says, yes, but she's really tied up. So I guess my passion has started since then. And it it has been in the beginning since my own children were in school. And I'm like, these kids, they need a little, you know, a little help in hand to transition from high school to either college or a career. Yeah. And the college, I'm sorry, the counselors, the school counselors don't always have as much time as the students need. And they're often really overloaded in terms of the the amount of students they're trying to help. Okay, let me just check in about women small business owners. Did you go that direction for a reason? What what made you say in your bio today you know, that you provided me with that that you were going to help those guys and that you were going to go to speak at women business owner associations and things like that? What what sent you in that direction? Well, what sent me in that direction is kind of like the high school students, the young women that I'm working with now are like my youngest son in their 30s, and they're trying to move forward from where they're at. I really enjoyed the ones that I have worked with because they have so much passion and energy in what they're doing, and I'll... I enjoy that. And I don't know if it's because they're where I'm at in a sense. I don't know if it's because they're the the kind of the age of my children. I don't know what's drawing me to them, but I know I enjoy working with them. And I feel like when I speak to someone, I feel like I could hold their attention better than I can a high schooler's attention. I have my doubts about that. And I guess until I do meet with this group and experience it, I will have my doubts. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like there's enjoyment there. Maybe not sheer excitement. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So with the high school students, it it sounds like it's really heart-based for you. You've got a lot. Yes. And there's challenges with that, mm-hmm. that audience. And, and so let me just speak to that because I've had a number of people also want to work with high school students or, or teenagers. I've also had a client who for a very long time now has had a business helping high school students and their parents are involved as well to create a short list of schools that they want to pursue. And to develop the skills, the grades, whatever it is that they're going to need to do to get into those schools. So what he's doing with them is very much needed. And the parents can see the value in what he's doing. And of course, with high school students or any kind of person who is younger than 20, if you're going to work with that audience at at all, probably it's going to be the parents who are going to foot the bill for it. 
Right. Yeah. And that creates some challenge there because you in some ways have a dual target audience. You've got to really appeal to the parents in the sense that you're doing something with these students that they, the parents, really value. And you also have to appeal to the students because they have to feel like, yes, I want this and need this because, you know, it never works to drag kids <laughs> to something they don't want to do. No, it does not. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to be in the position as a coach where your client, who is the student, doesn't want to be with you. Right. So that's too much of a drag on your well-being and also on, on the health of your business. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm concerned about in my area. They are now getting as what they call career coaches in some of the schools to work with these students. And when she asked me to come speak, she wants me to touch a little bit on the colleges, the ones who are going to college, but she wanted me to focus more on the students who knew they were not going to college. Ah, She okay. wants me to kind of focus on the ones who are going to be looking more at trade school or tech schools, things like that. Okay. And I, I can see the drive there too. And I'm excited about doing it because one, I'm getting my foot in the door. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is the hard thing about choosing a niche and target audience is that there's this, you know, what would you do if you didn't have to earn money kind of thing that everybody <laughs> asks. And, and it sounds for you that there's a lot of passion and a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of excitement for helping mm -hmm. that population of high school students. And, and yet, I'm assuming you need to make money. Yes. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you want to have a thriving business with all that can come with that, not just the money, but but also, you know, the growth, the personal growth and 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 being your own boss and and innovating and all those kinds of entrepreneurial things. Is that so? Absolutely. I am thrilled about the thought of all that. <laughs> Okay. So, and, and this gets to be a little bit difficult. And I, I always feel so much compassion for people who are in this place where their heart says, oh, this is the thing, you know, this is mm -hmm. where the sheer excitement is. And then there's reality and, and it's difficult. And some people say, I don't care, you know, if you're passionate about something, just go there, make it happen. <laughs> But I have been a coach for 20 years now, and I've helped a lot of coaches who let that be their guide, who ended up making no money. Right. Or so little money compared to what they put out to try to get their business off the ground mm -hmm. that, that, you know, I, I'm not actually one of those people who says, no matter what, go with the passion. Now, I always try to help my clients go for something that does feel good, that there's mm -hmm. enjoyment there because joy is really important. And I also believe from experience that when you're truly helping people, making a difference in their lives, that there's so much enjoyment in that 
and so much joy in, in earning on your own and being able to be your own boss and all of that. From my perspective, it's okay not to go with your first choice if your first choice really comes with a ton of difficulty. Yes. And that's where I'm at. I, To me, I feel like the high school students that I really want to work with would be something that I did kind of on the side. Mm -hmm. It would be something that would keep my passion for them and try to help them move forward. But I feel like since I do enjoy working with entrepreneurial women who are starting their businesses or small businesses and trying to grow, and I do enjoy that and can share some of the feelings of it, I, you know, understanding it, I feel like that's probably the target audience I need to stick with. And then part-time visit with my high school students and help the ones I can a little bit, but yet not overwhelm myself with it. Got it. Good. (sighs) That is what a lot of coaches do. They have a side, I I was going to say a side gig, but it's not often. (laughs) Uh, It can be, you know, you can certainly, like you could say to the woman who reached out to you to speak at the high school, you could say, yes, I will do that. And I will do that for a stipend of X number of dollars. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you could get a little bit for your trouble probably. And you might even be able to put the word out to parents that you meet Mm -hmm. that you love to work with parents and high school students to help them cement what it is that they want to do, what they, how they want to move forward from here. Right. And so, and you could charge for those services, although maybe not as much as you could for a more viable target audience. Right. (laughs) Okay. That would be my side gig. (laughs) Side gig. All right, good. Okay. So it sounds like for now, we're we're just going to lovingly put that audience of high school students to the side. Yes. All right. Well, we just had to check it out, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And it and you, you know, kind of confirmed what I felt. Over the years, I've studied this whole question of coaching niches and target audiences so deeply. And I formulated this idea of seekers. And you probably know about this because you've been listening to my podcasts. Yeah. Seekers are people who do invest in their personal and professional growth. And seekers, therefore, are who we as coaches are going to want to pursue in our real businesses, in the businesses that uh, earn us an income. Yes. Let's get back to women business owners. And I get the sense from things that you've said that that you do enjoy these people and you can relate to these people. And and one of the things you said is that you were acknowledged in performance reviews for creating a cohesive work environment and inspiring your coworkers. Yes. You also say that you, there was one person in particular that you had an impact on who you, you had conversations with him. This was, a, I think, a fellow employee. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You helped him to not be afraid to go for his dreams. Right. And it sounds like that was a... It was exciting. Yeah. That, that was a peak moment for you and, and sounds like for him too. Yes. It 
I did not realize I had made such an impact on him until I guess it's been like five years and he sent a message to me and he said, thanks to you, I've made it to where I want to be. Wow. And I'm like, well, that's great. (laughs) I was so excited for him because we had lots of talks about where he was headed and what he was wanting it from his life. And so, yeah. And it sounds like you look back on, on that whole thing with a lot of fondness, but also with a spark mm-hmm. as to what you could do as a coach. Yes. Okay, good. That's cool. You know, that's clues to the niche, right? So, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the, the story that you sent me. And one of the things you said is that he is now in human relations, not only in the hiring process, but he is also kind of acting as a coach with new employees. Yes. Pretty cool. Okay. I just want to plant that seed too. I believe there's a lot of circumstances where coaches can impart the value of coaching to their clients, not just by delivering coaching to them and coaching those clients to some place, but also by cluing them in on the skill set of coaching and how it might impact the people in that client's lives. Did I make sense there? Yes, you did. Okay. You did indeed. (laughs) Okay. So hold on to that piece because I think that's something that could be at the core of, of your niche. Okay. And you also said that you tend to help people think of things in a different manner. And I'm just wondering if you could say a little bit more about that. If you could give me an example of what the different manner is. Well... When I'm working, I'm going back to, this is going to be going back to my adult children. Um, I have two who are now in college, one who's working for a bachelor's, one who is working towards their, and uh, he's in his graduate school now. And they both told me, they said they really like coming to me and they tell me their ideas. And then I will give them what ifs, you know. What if you did this? How would that look? And I would make them kind of make a list, give me a list of different things of how they think that might look. And could that correlate with what they were actually working on? I don't know. I guess it was, I'd just make them think outside their own box, you know, we'd pull them pull them out. <laughs> yeah, so that's the difference you're talking about. You're you're helping them see things from a different perspective and consider things that they haven't yes. before. Great coaching skills right there. What's he getting a graduate degree in? My youngest son is in graduate school. He is becoming a school psychologist. Oh, okay, great. Cool. I love it. And yeah. My daughter-in-law, she's working on her teacher's degree. Okay. So interesting. There's that educational world again. Mm Kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Coming back to then women, small business owners. So you sound pretty clear that you want to work with women. Are, Are you firm on that? Well, I'm open to working with everyone in a sense. But I feel like I need to target it more to 
women, of course, my list of people that I want to speak with, I have one gentleman in that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of where I'm aiming, mainly just to kind of narrow it down some more because I do have more women on my list than men. Okay. So I'm going to just check in with that a little bit. It, it okay. certainly is something that any coach can do to narrow to a particular gender. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to narrow to. And okay. I, I think it's fine to do that. But I guess I'm wondering if your reasoning for doing that is, is important enough for you to actually do that. No. Okay. So let's just hold that aside for a second. Let's just say small business owners for now. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. A lot of people target small business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the podcast that just came out yesterday, you probably realized that I was talking with Marshall Stern and he was choosing that same target audience. Yes. Yeah. And that's what made me nervous. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and similarly, he's encouraging Marshall to, to consider narrowing in some way. And for him, what we ended up doing is kind of lopping off that term mompreneur just because there's a little bit more skin in the game sometimes when you are actually working with people who consider themselves to be a business owner or a CEO or president or whatever. Right. Let's talk for a second about all the different ways that you could narrow. One way to narrow is to isolate a particular type of business owner. It could be an industry. It could be particular type of professional who has a small business. It can also be, as you were thinking of possibly tacking on women to that, it can be even things like if Christianity, for example, was really important to you. Yes. You could narrow in that way. You could say Christian women small business owners or Christian small business owners. Okay. So that can add an adjective that helps you and helps them self-select into the group. Well, see, that's when I listened to that podcast, I was thinking, oh, driven would be good for what I want to do. But I was like, okay, that's Marshall's. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) So, and that was great. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, obviously we can't own words and, right. and um, right. there may be other ways that you can communicate something like that in your messaging. Right. It might be that word driven or it might be something else, but I get what the energy is. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you already have coached with some women. Pick one of those people and tell me just a little bit about what, what it's been like to coach them and what do you love about coaching them? Okay. One of them, her name is Jessica. She is a really full of energy, full of life. She is a mom, but she is a hairstylist who recently broke away from actually working for someone. And she's moved into now renting her booth and working for herself. I could potentially see her in the future even moving on out and being the person who potentially owns her own business and renting out the booths as well as being a hairstylist. We're working together 
as she is completing her personal training course. She is also training to be a personal trainer. Her, when she came to me, she was looking for someone to help her basically fit everything into her life without giving up too much of her family time. She wanted to still be an active part of her Christian community, as well as be a good mom, a good hairstylist. But yet now she wants to also help people in the form of physical training. She has been actually just wonderful. She's full of energy, even when she gets slowed down you know, hung up on something. She's willing to listen and slow down and take them small steps and move forward. And she truly energizes me when I work with her. Oh, okay. (laughs) And is it her energy that energizes you or is it something else? Hmm. I think it's, the ability of we connect in a sense, um, I can see where I make differences. So that helps me be energized about it. And she'll come back and she'll say, I really appreciated our talk last week. You helped me work through this and see that if I do it this way, and she, of course, pulls out her own solutions but she says, if, if, you know, with working with you, I've found my solutions. And when I see her make progress, I guess that's what energizes me so much. Her ability and her potential ability just amazes me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you're describing is what I would say. I'd say she's eminently coachable. Yes. Yeah. She takes very easily. She takes the coaching. She takes action. She comes with her own wisdom and her own decisions and her own ideas. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and we all really want to coach that type of person because it's yes. no fun coaching someone who essentially doesn't want to be coached. <laughs> and there are some people out there who, who will hire a coach or invest in a program and, and they're just, they, you can't, they're there. Yeah. You, you can't tell them anything. You can't encourage them anyway. So obviously that's important. But I don't think it's necessarily a descriptor that we'd we'd put on the target audience. Right. Now, she's more of a solopreneur. I I consider hairstylists to be solopreneurs. They really, for most of them, them, they own their business in the sense that they've got to get their own clients and they've got to, you know, they've got to pay for their chair and, you know, they've got to, there's a lot of things that they've got to do just like a business owner does. Right. I will tell you, though, that most people in an arena like that are not going to invest much into um, into professional support. Do you mind right. mm-hmm. if I ask you what she is paying you? Not near enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, in order for you to make a good living, you're going to need to double or triple that probably for each session. And there's other ways that I advocate that my clients develop their coaching business and price their programs that that aren't by the hour. And if you're going to go after small business owners, it's going to be important that you focus on a group that is seekers. Like Jessica, you have found someone who is a go-getter. She wants more. Mm-hmm. This is so that, again, you can have ease in your business. You can not be 
working so hard just to get one client who will only pay you so much, you know, I'm wondering, are there any industries or any particular types of business owners that you have considered as a way to narrow your audience? Well, I have considered um, like financial consultants or realtors and Part of the reason why I have considered these audience and I have yet to tap into them is because I'm interested in it. I'm interested in the like the financial consultants and potentially investing in situations like that. And the realtors I've, you know, considered investing into potentially in the future real estate. And so these are audiences I've thought about trying to connect more with to see if potentially I can get my foot in the door. (laughs) As you heard when I was talking to Marshall, you know, he had really tapped into the financial professionals world and he had found those people eager, Mm -hmm. coachable, ready to invest. And they don't expect you necessarily to know what they know. And I think this is really important is is that you can work with these types of professionals without knowing everything about their business or, or any of those kinds of things. As long as you do enough research to understand enough of it, that you can speak their language just a little bit. And right. then after that, it's really about what is the outcome you're going to help them achieve. I want you to feel into this a little bit. Just imagine that maybe what you would be targeting is financial and real estate professionals. Mm -hmm. If you just close your eyes for a second and you feel into it and you imagine having conversations with them and kind of going where they go in order to meet them, how do you feel about it? Excited. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a lot of energy when you said that. Well, I do. I could, you know, I was visualizing, okay, meeting one of them potentially at a coffee shop or several of them at a coffee shop and just kind of visiting. (laughs) Yeah. Is there any reason that you can think of right now not to decide Um, to target that group? My my biggest thing is fear. Uh, That is my biggest thing is fear of not sizing up to what they believe I should be. Yeah. Coach, Cynthia, what do you do with that when you have fear? (sighs) Well, when i am got fear and I'm fixing to make a speech with the Toastmasters International Club, I just try to tuck it behind me and look at them as people like me. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. I got chills again. It's a given that fear is going to be there. It's just a given that when we're launching a business, when we're choosing a target audience and saying to ourselves, okay, this is the direction I'm going in. When you're going into networking to meet people, when you're going to get up on a stage and speak to those people, when you're going to write your first blog, all those things are always going to bring some amount of fear. And what I know for sure, and you know this too, is that over time, the fear lessens and you learn how to manage it. Yes. It sounds to me like, Cynthia, you are an old hand at managing your fear. (laughs) I've had to all my life. (laughs) Yep. You've had a lot of circumstances in your life that you've had to 
manage that fear. And you said something that really touched me in your personal story. You said that you would try to inspire your sons not to let setbacks stop you. Yes. I love that. And um, I imagine you're going to bring that to your coaching. I hope so. I that's that is my goal is, <laughs> you know, life is sometimes you get a not a good hand. So you just have to turn it around and make it a good hand, you know, and if you don't like where you're at, try to change and make it better because it's 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 up to you as an individual to make it happen. You know, yeah. And what I know about you from just having this conversation with you is you're a go-getter. This is what you want to do. You're not going to let anything stop you. That's, yes, I'm aiming for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if something stops you temporarily, you'll do what you need to, and then you'll come back. That's it. Readjust and reevaluate and step back in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. And I could really imagine that financial and real estate professionals, and and you could choose just one of them, by the way, if you wanted to. I just, you don't have to choose just one of them. The whole idea of choosing an audience is really for you, for your benefit, so that you know how to market. You know the words to use to attract these people, and you know what you're going to deliver to them. Mm Mm-hmm through the coaching that's going to give them what they want. So that's really what it's about. What are you thinking right now in terms of um, what you'd like to click on the certainty button for? Right now I'm debating what do I want to get more involved in, financial or real estate? (laughs) And does it have to be either or? No, I'm I'm willing to dive a little bit into both. (laughs) Yeah, there is some ways in which they align. Yes. So you don't have to choose either or at this point. You could do a little bit of market research. And usually people hire me for, for I have a five-month program that is basically about once you've chosen your target audience, we develop the niche by doing market research and and working on messaging and offers and the whole package. Yes. Website, everything. Mm -hmm. So that it it is all really powerful. And so the next step could be to go out and do some market research. And so let me ask you, are you ready to click on the certainty button for financial and real estate professionals? Yes. (laughs) Woo! Congratulations. Good. How does how do you feel? I feel excited. Um, I feel like I need to start a new list, though. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I can promise you this, that focus will help you immensely in everything you do with your business. Mm-hmm. And I think this target audience, and with the inklings that we've gotten today about your niche, you know, it's starting to come together how you might help these people. And you'll know more when you do the market research. But I think presenting will be a great way for you to get in front of these people. Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) The next step is figuring out how I can set something like that up. (laughs) Good, good. So have you come away from this session with what you intended to come away with? Yes. Good. 
this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cynthia, I have enjoyed working with you so much today. And I, I just appreciate who you are and all the skills you're bringing to the table. I know that you are going to be a fantastic and highly successful coach. Well, thank you so much. I have, you have inspired me so much just from the podcast and this today has been phenomenal. I loved it. Good. <laughs> me too. Many blessings. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.